Hello! What's up? It's Aiden Taco Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 9th of April. April 2019. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, it's sunny again. Nice. Through the window. I feel like I've got a nice little spot here. I've got my hoodie on. Um, I've got my tea. I just had some uh, coffee that... Oh my god. Someone gave me some coffee. Like a like a bag of beans all ground up, so lovely, I've been fucking, I've had my little stovetop boy in the kitchen for ages, I've been like traveling with it, and I just didn't, I bought some fucking coffee actually in Perth, so I've got this little stovetop, like a two cup stovetop coffee maker, and uh, Phil got it, my mate Phil got it for me for Christmas, and um, just the best present, honestly, I love drinking coffee, it's actually interesting because it kind of fucks with the whole way that I structure my days, which is I go to the cafe and I write, but I can't have a second coffee because it makes my heart go da dung da dung. So um, now I'll have the coffee at home, and then when I go to the cafe, I'm not saving money because I still got to buy something, but I can't get a coffee, so I'll get like a tea. Or the other day I got a juice, seven dollars. Oh my god, seven dollars for a fucking uh, probably what was like uh, maybe like three hundred and fifty mils glass of juice, and it's like you see them pour it out of the fucking thing, like out of the bottle that they bought from Coles or, or Woolies or whatever, do you know what I mean, like, oh, infuriating, I mean, I guess they got overheads to pay and stuff, but when I, I paid for it at the end, and then I went to leave, and it was like seven bucks, and I tapped my card, and then I walked out, and I stopped at the door, and it was just like, yo, Kieran, seven bucks, and it was like, yeah, I was just like, all right, man, fuck, sick, dude, have a good one, and (laughs) this is the thing about the dude who um, manages the cafe that I go to, is he's a lovely guy, but he's not too good at, like, navigating social situations, I guess, because when I was, like, seven bucks, he just kind of smiled and laughed, like, he didn't... Like, he didn't, it didn't seem like he felt, like, bad or anything, he was just laughing, like, seven dollars, like, I don't know, I don't really know if he engaged with my question at all, he just was like, yes, that's how much money you just paid, have a great day, mate, (laughs) seven fucking bucks, so that's what, um, this little coffee boy is, is costing me, but, I do love having coffee at home, and I just made myself some breakfast then, and uh, someone got me some coffee beans from, um, my mate works at this fucking uh, Seven Seeds, which is a great coffee roaster and cafe in North Melbourne, I believe, Uh, she works there, she got me some coffee, and, uh, oh, what's it called, Uh, Luis Japones, which means Japanese Luis, (laughs) how good is that, so the guy's name, the dude who, like, grows the coffee or whatever that they source it off of, evidently when he was a kid in Brazil, his friends used to call him Japanese Luis, because he was Japanese, and uh and and on the back of the coffee it's like and uh with his consent we have continued like they make really clear that they're like we asked him and he's actually chill with being called japanese lewis all right (laughs) i love that they checked i love that they know that people who are drinking coffee and buying bags of coffee in melbourne are also probably the kind of people who are going to be like um japanese lewis is that name is that a consenting nickname have he has he consented to have his race be used in his name? I would like to know before I imbibe this fluid. 
What I'm saying is people who drink coffee are scared of a bit, bit of fun with racism. That's what I'm saying. Just have fun with it, guys. Take your fucking beanie off for two seconds and have a bit of fun with the colour of someone else's skin. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> um, it's, it's lovely coffee, though. I'm getting the... Do- I'm trying to get the dosages right. Fucking, if anyone has a good little tutorial on how to make stovetop coffee, I'm done with my... I'm done with my hubris. I'm done with pretending that I know exactly what the fuck I'm doing when I make coffee because I do not. Um, maybe I need to get a scale. That's probably what I should do, huh? I should be getting a scale and uh, and measuring how much coffee I put in every time. Am I going to do that? Probably not. But I just, I just um, yeah, I should do. And that way I would know whether I'm dosing it too high or low. Fuck, who cares? I had some coffee. It was fucking great. Um, I'm feeling pretty good today. I had a pretty good weekend. Last week was a bit tough, man. Uh, listening to the pod last week, if you listened last week, um, thanks to everyone who's been, uh, who's been listening over the last week as well. A bunch of new people who haven't listened to the pod before. Um, and if you listen to last week's though, you'll know that I was waiting out for that uh, Steve Bennett review and it came through and it was not good. <laughs> it was uh, two and a half stars, which he basically might have just taken a shit on my fucking face. Um, I don't know what his diet's like, but I've, I'm going to go ahead and say that I would prefer that. I'll be If I was allowed to wear a mask, let me wear a mask, Bennett, before you shit on my fucking head. Um, I was I was not happy with the review. Here's the thing: is I when I had the show, I kind of knew as soon as I got off stage that it wasn't a good show. I fucking knew from the moment I started. I had that moment where I kind of freaked myself out, and uh, I let myself uh, be talked back into the opinion that it was fine by by my two friends who were there. And you know what, I mean, they were being lovely, they knew that I was bummed, and so they were just saying nice things to me, I think, and saying nice things that they did believe, but I let myself be talked away from the idea that I'd had a bad show and was going to get a bad review, back into, like, the area of belief where it's like, well, I had a bad show, but I'm sure he can still tell that I'm a good performer and it's a good show, and you know what, either he can't, or that's not good enough, because he gave me two and a half stars, and it's like, the dude can only review what's in front of him, I guess, you know? Um, the, uh, I've been thinking a lot about it. It's made me think a lot about the show. I'm happy with the show. I think it's a good show. I think it's funny. I think there's enough stuff in there to make people want to come back and tell their friends and blah, blah, blah. But I just, I don't know the difference with, all right. The last week has taught me that this is my second Melbourne comedy festival as a solo artist. And uh, a solo artist, ugh. <laughs> as a lone wolf, let's say. This is my second Melbourne Comedy Festival as a lone ranger. <laughs> and uh, I'm not experiencing the same fucking like, levels of hype. Last year I had a fucking buzz, man. I was talking to my boy Lewis Garnham about it the other day, who, had, who got nominated for Best Newcomer last year. And, uh, and he is having the same thing. He's just like, you know, I had that buzz last year and second show, I thought it would just carry over, but it is not carrying over. And, 
I guess it's driven home the fact that I knew intellectually but didn't really believe because you always like I always think oh well I'm different I'm better than everyone else and uh, I I knew that this was a hard festival and that like I knew that last year you get the the bump of being like it being your first festival and then the second year you're just one of the entire rest of the field I knew that but I didn't believe it and I went into this thinking oh people are going to remember that I you know was nominated for or not fuck I wasn't nominated that I was almost nominated (laughs) people are going to remember that I had a good show last year and I think the only person who did remember was Steve Bennett and then I got so I put so much pressure on myself when he came to that show I put like, I, I fucking told all of my friends, come to this one. I fucking pushed harder for free tickets on that night. And and uh, and just, every, I put so much pressure on myself to have a good show that night. And I was thinking, I'll get a good review from Bennett and then I'll share it on fucking social media and I'll, that'll give me an extra kick and I'll have better sales going into the second half of the festival. And when I didn't get that review, I was just like, well, fuck, what do I do now? I've put all the, my eggs in this basket. And on the night knowing that I had all my eggs in that basket, I didn't give a good fucking account of myself. And that's the lesson that I'm learning is that it's just, it's not going to be the same. And I've, I've looked at the pitch, the difference of the pitch between this year's show and last year's show. This year, like last year, it was like I had the fucking housemate who was stealing money off people. And it's a very emotional story. And you know what the story is. This guy lived with a crazy housemate who was a con man. This year, the pitch is I wrote a journal on a deck of cards for a year and I hand them out and tell the stories. And I knew this back in in August, but I just, I thought that it was going to be fine. I thought no one would notice. But the difference is when I tell people that I wrote a journal on a deck of cards, I tell you the stories. It's like, what stories? What are the stories? Not like, I can tell people that like... Last year, the pitch was the story. This year, the pitch is the format of the show. And that's weaker. Why would someone come to that when they could go and see someone what they know what the story is? You know, like I I might hand out a bunch of cards and, and they're shit stories. And the difference is when I fly people and I tell them about this year's show, last year they would go, oh my God, they had questions. This year they're like, oh, that's interesting. Anyway, I don't feel like me breaking down why I'm not making enough money this comedy festival is very interesting to you guys. Um, so I'm going to stop. But know that... <laughs> that (laughs) know that mid-march i was thinking i was gonna have about fucking eight grand (laughs) to play with in may and i've I've reassessed that financial prediction and i'm now hoping to have three (laughs) oh my god oh that is brutal I'm laughing, but boy, does it hurt. <laughs> I fucking had all this stuff earmarked in my mind that I was going to had all ideas about shit that I was going to buy. I was like, uh, um, I'm <laughs> just remembering it now. <laughs> Seems so funny. I was like, going to buy a new laptop for like 1500 bucks. <laughs> I was going to buy, I was going to buy, uh, uh, I've been looking up, uh, I think it's Toomla, I think is the name of the, the luggage brand. I was listening to, um, Tom Rhodes is a, a fucking comedian who's traveled the world and whatever. He's been the international circuit guy for 20 years. I think I've talked about him before, like recently, but, uh, he, he has like his favorite bags 
uh, and he was talking on a podcast about the different like types of luggage that he has. And uh, I looked up, he said Tumla, and he said they're like the gold standard of luggage. And I uh, I went on the Tumla website and I looked up their bags and it's like some of them are like like a thousand dollars. Like like three hundred dollars for like a satchel, you know. And I'm looking at that, going, man. When my comedy festival money comes in, I'm gonna buy all of these fucking bags, dude. <laughs> I was legit thinking maybe I would drop like six hundred bucks on a on a fucking bag, and now I'm like, oh, I don't know about that, dude. I definitely will not have that kind of money after this run. Um, I would love to come away with this after paying everything off with three thousand dollars. I reckon that would be a win. So that's what I'm aiming for now. No, wait, th- yeah, after, yeah, 3000 Yeah, I need to make another 1500 to pay off my room, and then it's 3000 to come, oh, fuck. It's, uh, this is something I need to get better at, is laughing at my mistakes straight away, because that hurts. I, I had that, I thought that, I'm laughing at a thought that I had, not years ago, when I can say, oh, I'm changed and I'm, I'm better. I'm laughing at something that I genuinely thought, <laughs> like fucking three Wednesdays ago, like you know what I mean. Like three podcasts in the past, I was I was genuinely thinking that I was going to have eight thousand dollars in two weeks' time. Oh boy, does that hurt! But I've still got my health. I've still got my family. Um, oh, I think I had a dream that me and my dad were talking again. Did I? I did. Oh, I had a dream that me and my dad weren't fighting. Me and my dad are fighting because I've said this Kalgoorlie stuff on the podcast a few weeks ago. Fucking what? Anyway, I had a dream that he came and hung out and we didn't talk about the the thing that we're fighting about. We just hung out and it was nice. I think that... Yeah, anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. <sighs> this weekend was good. Um, the weekend was... It didn't really even feel like like the festival until... Um, until like Friday night, Friday was the first day, the festival had been going at that point for like a week and a half for me, everyone had been kind of having their shows, and and I know a lot of people's ticket sales are pretty fucking low, I mean all the people who are selling well are selling well, but I only talk to losers, me and all my friends are having (laughs) having a pretty bad time financially. Um, but Friday was the first night that it really felt like, oh man, the festival started, I went to festival club, I, um, I, I had the, the opportunity to, uh, talk to my friends who I talk to every day, but in an environment where I'm forced to scream at them, I had, I had a conversation with, um, oh, Pete Jones's, uh, amazing girlfriend, Kate, and, uh, we were, I hadn't seen her in, like, Maybe since the UK, maybe since like September, and uh, it was really nice to see her. And we were having a conversation, and and then she started talking about like her family, and I started talking about how I was fighting with my dad, and she was talking about her family and how you know whatever. We were just having like a a, a more serious conversation. It wasn't just like surface level blah blah blah. How are you bullshit? But the festival club is so loud. It's so loud, and like the upstairs bar. And then there's the downstairs area where where they have shows, and then later on they just have like music and bands playing and shit. 
and the upstairs area normally has like a glass thing in front of it so you can watch the show but you can't hear the like you, you know the sound doesn't travel through but they open up the glass on some nights and they did that night so this band was just jet so we're like basically just in the middle of a concert and i'm trying to catch up with someone who i haven't had a chat with in like eight or nine months just <laughs> yelling at the top of my voice going like that's great it's great that you are really being serious with your family it's good that you can be honest with the people closest to you you know <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> and then and I you know like called the situation I was like this is crazy that we're having this conversation here and she was like yeah and then we just kept on having it that was very silly festival club was fun on Friday night though man and I'm still not drinking still not drinking I've actually had uh, two instances of a single drink in this month uh, which I've yeah I mean that's Whatever, it doesn't count. It's like smoking, right? It doesn't count if you <laughs> you just have one. Yesterday, me and fucking Corey White was standing at the front of uh, at the front of the Coopers Inn, and another mate of ours um, was just talking about how she'd quit smoking, and she read this fucking book that was really great, quitting smoking, and it just you know talking about all the ways that you do it, and she was talking about all the benefits and and like how she. She's breathing easier and blah, 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 blah. And me and Corey were standing in front of her both just smoking cigarettes. <laughs> it's like, she's going like, yeah, like, it, and Corey was like, is it really, did you really notice a difference? And she was like, oh my God, I started tasting things. I can smell people's breath and blah, blah, blah. And we're just like, yeah, man, that's sick. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah, I, it must be great. <sighs> Yeah. Fucking last week was a fucker. It took to, it took until Thursday for me to really take a, a a breath and the review came out actually and I was already bummed about my ticket sales. I was bummed about uh like fuck Tuesday and Wednesday were pretty low. Thursday I had uh, a full house that sold out again. Thanks to everyone who thanks to everyone who's come to the show by the way. <laughs> You're not the reason that I'm sad. Everyone who's listening who hasn't come to the show, it's your fucking fault. Even if you're in another city, man, fuck you. <laughs> Stuck getting aggressive. Um I I mean yeah honestly thanks to everyone who's come to the show. The shows have actually been great because on Tuesday Tuesday and Wednesday I had low numbers and I was bummed about that and I just that was me starting to accept that maybe it wasn't going to be the gangbusters run that I had last year and it's really made me appreciate what an anomaly and what an amazing year I had last year with the festival. And uh and then Thursday the review came out and I still had the sold out show to look forward to but the review came out and I was just like fuck that's it. That's what I was holding on to. This is what it's going to be. And I think also having that review come out and and be that, it's not necessarily the fact that it's his opinion. I don't care that much about what he thinks. But the fact that he thinks that, that, that it was just fine, he probably pitches lower than everyone else. If he thinks it's pretty poor, everyone else probably thinks it's fine. If he thinks it's fine, everyone else thinks it's good. If he thinks it's, you know, etc. So if he thinks it's like pretty forgettable everyone else probably thinks it's fine like oh yeah taco show is good and the i don't want people thinking that so the fact that he thought that means that probably no one else is talking about my show in their conversations of what's good what should i see 
And that's what bummed me out the most is not that Steve Bennett doesn't like my show. It's that knowing that everyone else is probably not talking about my show. I kind of extrapolated. And you know what? I, I, I believe people when they go, ah, oh, reviews don't matter. They don't. But it's a litmus test for the rest of, of the industry and, and everyone else. And that's what I I do measure my show against that because he's not... Even if he's like, yeah, you know, the show doesn't suck. But it's still worse than the shows that he gave three and a half and four. You know what I mean? That's what I don't... I don't understand comedians. Like, I get it when people are like, oh, fuck Steve Bennett, the show wasn't shit. Like, yeah, my show's not shit. I know it's not shit. And I know he's not saying that it's shit. He's just saying that it's not as good as a bunch of other shows. And no matter how you try and cajole me into thinking that... Whatever positive spin you want to put on that, the fact of the matter is that it's not. You know, so just let me be sad about it. And comedians trying to talk themselves into like, oh, it's fine. It's just like, no, it wasn't good enough. It's not good enough to stand up in this fucking festival. It's a competitive place and I just have to be better. That's the bottom line, you know? (sighs) For some reason, it annoys me when people try and write off the opinions of reviewers as if they don't know what they're talking about. It's like, no, they do know what they're talking about. Because they go and see a bunch of shows. That's why people are so desperate to get their opinions. And I know a bad review from a good review because a bad review, you can tell. It's written poorly. It's written by a fucking idiot. You can see the way people write reviews. It's like... Like, they can't fucking write and... Yeah, I've had good reviews written by fucking idiots. That it just... It's like... You, are, you're not a good writer. I don't respect your opinion. It means nothing to me that you think my show was good. But when someone writes well, suddenly you you fucking take heed of their opinion. And Steve Bennett writes well, and he sees a bunch of shows. And for what I can see, he's pretty on the fucking money. So if he thinks that my show and every every complaint that he had against my show, the fact that I had a bad night still influences it, and that's also my fault because I didn't take the pressure on. But Here's what I believe. I believe that if I'd had a good show, the things that he said about my show are still true. The fact that, okay, there's probably not enough laughs in there. The fact that he said there's not a real story to tell. I think there is a story to tell, but it's a personal story. And if the, what am I trying to say? It's not a universal story. It's just my story. So why would anyone care about my story? And if it was a better show that night, he probably would have cared more about my story. But the fact that it was a bad show laid bare the flaws in the show that I know are there. Does that make sense? So if I had had a good show, it probably would have masked the flaws better or made him, because the show had gone better on that night, made him pay attention to the good parts rather than the flaws. But the fact that it was a bad show... The tide was out and it laid the wreckage bare of the fucking, you know, the contrived format of the show and, and, and all the other things that I don't like about it. Well, whatever. I'm fucking, I'm really focusing on this shit. It was a bad week. It was a bad week. I had a very bad time on, on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday day until Thursday, that show, I just decided to start having fun with it. And this weekend I've started having fun with it again. All right. I'm going to talk about some music. Let's talk about some fucking music. Dope Lemon is... Uh, I've been listening to this song, Marinade, by Dope Lemon. The other song that he wrote... Um, it's, it's fucking Angus Stone from Angus and Julia Stone. I had no idea. 
I've been listening to him for a bit. What was that one song? Uh, Houndstooth. Nope. Home Soon. Nope. I don't know what fucking song that really got me going on him. But uh, this album, Honey Bones, so sick. The first track, Marinade, great. The second track, Uptown Folks, kind of reminds me of like an Arcade Fire vibe. Um, But I looked up some reviews because whose opinion uh, to to trust better than the Steve Bennett of the music world. I wonder if... um, I honestly wonder if musicians pay any attention to reviewers. Like... The thing about a comedy festival is the marketplace is so busy that reviews are the one thing that you can point to and go, see, other people think I was good. I feel like music isn't quite like that because they don't have festivals. They're all just individual gigs, right? I I wish I had someone here to tell me whether they thought this next paragraph was good because this is the last paragraph of a review. They say, it's hard to put your finger on what makes the Dope Lemon album so distinctive. The songs have a dreamy, hallucinatory quality that is a significant departure for Stone as a songwriter and performer. I'll just have to put it down to the terroir and musical chemistry. Terroir in, in italics, like, you know, how they say in wine, when wine takes the the properties of the fucking earth that the grape was grown in. What a... Anyway. <laughs> I don't really love that. Um, there is definitely something otherworldly about it. Uh, the open-hearted spirit of this music transports the listener, and if you shut your eyes, you can almost hear waves crashing in the distance and taste the sea air fragrant with eucalyptus. <laughs> that last thing. I can't decide whether I like that or not. That's quite good writing, I think. I like the assonance of uh, the last word, eucalyptus. Really, it's a, it's a nice word to finish a sentence on, and I bet... When, uh, who wrote it? Does it have the person who wrote it? Dave Faulkner. Dave Faulkner. Is that a name that sounds familiar? I don't know. Maybe he's like a well-known journalist. I bet he fucking came in his pants when he thought of that line. And it's also like, ooh, it's like Australian, like connotations of Australia. And it's like evocative and eucalyptus near the beach. The sea air, fragrant with eucalyptus. Do eucalyptus even grow? Do they grow near the beach? Mr. Faulkner? Or has he got like a little a little potpourri thing on the end of his surfboard as he goes down, chucks it in the sand and then sits up with it, leaning on it like a little backrest and strums his guitar in the sunset. Is that what he's doing, Dave Faulkner? I don't know. Do eucalyptuses grow near the beach? I'm not fucking looking it up. Um, it's a good album though. I just wonder whether... Uh, whether the stone, whether whether Angus Stone is into this review, I wonder whether he puts as much stock in it as I put in Steve Bennett's review. I mean, he's fucking on the couch on the picture. They've fucking just got a picture of him on a couch in a field, in like a foggy field with overalls on. It doesn't really look like he can even read in that picture. <sighs> I want to listen to that music. You know what? I want to put that song. I want to put the fucking second song on that album at the end of this recording so you can hear what I'm talking about. Because I refuse to describe another song as airy and dreamy. Last night, I had uh, a a begrudgingly positive experience at uh, a show. Uh, My friend Steph Lang 
has a show with uh, with this other comic, Paul, from the UK, called Wheelie, 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 um, which is even hard to say, and already I'm upset. <laughs> wheelie, 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 Wheelie. Uh, it's very silly, very silly. The kind of silliness that reminds me of being in the Scouts, of like, you know, like it, the kind of silliness that reminds me of everything I hate about the Festival Club. Of people giving over to like loud costumes and and fun, it's like the demarcation of time where they go where they're like it's eight o'clock time for fun. This is the time where we have fun. I don't like it. I'm too cynical. And that, that's the show, right? The show is like a game show um, where there's two guest comedians and the audience are split up into two teams. The guest comedians are each captains of one team. And then they spin a wheel round and every bit on the wheel, there's like, you know, different games or rounds or whatever. And they do those things. And they didn't have a wheel because they <laughs> left it in the UK. So they now just have a bag and they didn't want to call the game baggy, 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 whatever. Um, and uh, so I was the guest comedian on the opening night of their show. And it wasn't, f- there were no punters. There were just some other comedians. And I just... After my show, and I still had low audience numbers last night, and I just, it was a 9 fucking 45 or whatever time it was. And all I wanted to do was go home. But I'd agreed to do it. I actually forgot that I'd agreed to do it that night. And I was, and then Steph reminded me, I was like, oh, sick. But I've not cancelled again. I've never, I don't fucking cancel spots, you know? And that counts as a spot, <laughs> even though in my head I'm thinking of like all my mates and all, all my contemporaries thinking, would they, would they do this show? They probably wouldn't, would they? No. <laughs> and if they knew I was doing it, they'd probably be like, why did you say yes to that? <laughs> because Steph's my friend, I guess. And I just, she asked me to do it and I'm not going to say, no, I don't want to. So I went in there and I did, I'm like, try and have an open mind. And then the first thing. <laughs> The first thing she asked me to do was um, keep in mind there's no audience in this show. The other the audience were four comedians, and then there were, and the other and the other guest comedian. So four comedians and then the two guest comedians and the other guest comedian pulled out of the show <laughs> while I was in the in the group chat for the thing. So I was like, oh fuck, I should have done that, but she's done it, so I can't do it now. So they got someone else and. Uh, <laughs> oh, and this will add color to the story. Steph Lang is uh, going through a breakup at the moment, so she's quite sad. So that's sad. I feel very sad for her. She's a- actually she was in an open relationship, so she's going through two breakups because <laughs> her other person broke up with her, and then her main person broke up with her. That's pretty funny to me. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Steph, I'm I'm very sorry for your hardship that you're going through, and it's really funny that you're going through two breakups at once. And then the other guest comedian, who was the ringer, who came in first thing she said when she got into the room was like, "Oh, I moved to Melbourne because I'm going through a breakup unexpectedly, so I'm just in Melbourne now." <laughs> I'm like, could this room get any happier? And uh, and then the first thing that Steph got me to do before all the the other four comedian audience came into the room was like, Taco, can you just put this <laughs> this fake beard and uh, and fucking eye patch on and put a parrot on your shoulder? Because the opening gag of the show, and sorry if anyone's going to go to the show, um, I'm, I'm going to recommend it at the end of this story, all right? So don't think that this is just ne- me being like, 
fucking fun. Fuck fun. It's bullshit. It is bullshit, but I'm not going to say that at the end. Um, the opening gag of the show is uh, they go, this show is not suitable for like someone and someone and pirates. So if there's any pirates in here, get out. And I'm just sitting in the crowd wearing a fake beard and an eye patch and fucking <laughs> with a with a parrot on my shoulder. And I'm supposed to go like, fuck you. She goes, can you just go, fuck you. And like, you know, make a big scene and storm out of the show. And I'm just, I, she's given me this fake beard and this stuff and I'm holding it in my hands, looking at her. And she's like, it's a good show, Taco, all right? It's a good show. And I'm just like, whatever, man. <laughs> okay. But you know that I fucking hate this, all right? But I'll do it. Because that's part of the spot that I've agreed to do. Ugh. So I put the stuff on and then everyone walks into the room and, and like, this other comic is, like, in the audience looking at me with a, like, ah, ooh. But he's excited by it. He's like... Ooh, taco, that's, you're getting into the spirit of the show, and I'm just like, fuck you, I'm looking, looking back, hoping that my face behind the beard can communicate, fuck you, I'm not getting into the spirit of this fucking show, <laughs> I would, I hope this beard catches a light and burns off of my face, and I have to go to the hospital, and I can't fucking smile anymore, rather than have to do this stupid fucking gag, and, um, Anyway, I got a picture that the venue runner, Angela, the, my producer, got a picture of me wearing the beard, which you can see. I want to put that on my Instagram to promote this episode of the pod. And I did the gag and uh, at the start of the show and went out and then immediately took the beard off and just like tried to open the door and had locked myself out of the showroom. I was like, oh, fuck. So um, they let me back into the show and then we did the show and, you know, it was actually quite fun. I didn't. I didn't, at every point through the show, I was still thinking, like, this is dumb, but there was a point when I started trying to have fun with it, like, it's just, a, the, the rounds are, like, a bunch of silly things, like, you're in a team of three people, and you, the three of you have to make the shape of an animal, or one of the other things was, uh, oh, what was it, booking, booking, uh, there was some fucking, there was some pun, and basically, you have to put a bunch of books in your pants while someone's wearing them, and I did that, and then I was just trying to be semantic and win the game, even though the points don't mean anything, I was trying to get, like, super competitive with it to, you know, win, uh, one of the last rounds was, um, the two guest comedians get to spruik their shows, so, uh, I knew there were another seven people in the room next door watching fucking Bo Stegman's show, so I was like, well, I'll just, I said to everyone, I want to try and yell this as loud as possible, because I know there's another seven people in the room next door, that if they hear my pitch, maybe they'll come to my show as well, so I just screamed the pitch for my show, I don't know, I was trying to have fun with it, and then the last round is, uh, everyone, you sing Bohemian Rhapsody alternate lines, so like one team sings, is this the real life, and the other team sings, is this just fantasy, bum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum whatever, and by the end, I was having fun, and I was singing, I was singing, everyone was singing loud, so I started singing properly, and, uh, for a second, I forgot that I was in a room with just other comedians doing a show for free <laughs> after having the same number of people in my show, making no money, uh, having just fucking had to put on a fake beard and put a fucking parrot on my shoulder to do a bit in front of people who know, you know, like I, I forgot for a second and I was like, you know what, I'm just having fun. 
So I guess what I want to say is thank you, Steph and Paul, for having me on your show that I didn't want to do and putting up with my <laughs> with my fucking bad attitude. <laughs> with me clearly not wanting to do your show. Thank you for persisting and for giving me that moment of singing Bohemian Rhapsody in a padded room on the river in Melbourne at fucking 10.15 last night. That's the podcast, you guys. Fuck yeah. Thanks for listening, man. Uh, fucking tell people about my show. <laughs> Please come to my show. I got 13 left. 13? No, 12. 12 left. 12 shows left. Four of them don't have any tickets sold yet. So, and I reckon they all will. It's th- No, five. It's Thursday, this Thursday and Saturday. And then the last Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Don't have any tickets sold, but I'm doing fucking heaps of spots. I reckon they'll get filled. If you don't have tickets yet, or if you know someone who might want to come, tell them to come to those shows. Other than that, thanks for listening. This has been Aiden Taco Jones, sitting under a tree. Peace.